Hello, everyone who's uh, joining online. This is so foreign, weird, but yeah, um, it's good to see all of you guys, um, or some of you guys, and um, I'm so excited to just be back. And um, man, there's something about just gathering physically and giving worship. Man, I'm, I was so tired of Zoom. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be on Zoom anymore. Um, some of you guys uh, are professionals at Zoom um, now. And, uh, but man, it's so great to be back. And um, yeah, let me just begin with a word of prayer and we'll get right into it. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for gathering us here. Um, God, we first and foremost want to thank you for all the grace and, um, that you've shown us, God. Um, and maybe there's a lot of grace, honestly, to over health. Um, some of us have been um, going out, and, but you, you've kept us safe, Lord. And we ask for the same grace to be over us today, God, um, as we meet uh, physically. And Lord, I pray that today that you'll be glorified and you'll be magnified. Um, and Father, I pray that as we talk about what it means to be generous um, with our giving and with money, um, Lord, I pray that today that we'll leave feeling convicted, God, um, feeling challenged, and to, um, to be more and more like you, Lord. And so we th- thank you, we love you, and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, please turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. We're going to be going back to 2 Corinthians. If you guys don't remember, uh, before Pastor Sang preached, um, I actually preached on 2 Corinthians. So we're going on this journey of 2 Corinthians. I'm going to be skipping a few chapters, um, and we're going to be starting from uh, chapter 8, okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 8, so if you guys can turn there. So we'll, we'll kind of be going through um, the first half of chapter 8 and a little bit of chapter 9, so I'm going to be covering chapter 9 as well, okay? All right. So today, uh, like I said in my prayers, we're going to be talking about generosity, what it means to be generous with our givings and money. Um, money can do a lot of things, as you guys can you know, witness and as you guys know. Uh, it could provide meals on the table. Um, it could provide like a roof over your head. And it can even provide a place like this for us to worship and, and, and have a service. But money also can make you greedy, right? And uh, you know, this is why people gamble. Right? People when they win some, uh, when they maybe put in a hundred bucks and they win three hundred dollars back, they can't, it's hard to get up. Not that I would struggle with gambling, but <laughs> um, from what I hear, uh, that's the case, right? And money can make you prideful in a way. Uh, if you are in a certain status in, in a corporation, um, if you're the CEO, it can make you very prideful. So today, I want to talk about money. How many of you guys have money? Okay, it could be five dollars. It can be ten dollars it can be one dollar all right sean has one dollar all right um but a lot of us have you know we're making <laughs> zero uh, but some of us are working right and um and working making pretty good amount of money um and how many of you guys get allowance from your parents still no we're, we're all at the age where it's like you go make your own money yeah, yeah okay some, maybe some uh, people tuning in online, maybe you get allowance from your parents. Um, but today's point of, sermon, uh, point of the sermon is God delights in a generous heart. God delights in a generous heart. And I feel like when the gospel is being preached by a lot of pastors and, and a lot of church, and even for me, 
We preach about what it means to have like the upside down kind of love, right? Showing love to those who don't deserve love, who are hard to show love to. Uh, we preach about compassion, uh, what it means to um, go out and, and, and feed the hungry, feed the poor. What it means to forgive one another, right? I think a lot of us struggle with that. How do we forgive one another? What it means to be a man and a woman of humility, um, because the Bible says we need to be humble, right? But today, I want to talk about what, it, what does it mean to be generous with our giving? What does it mean to be generous? Um, I, I don't want you guys to think this sermon is, um, you know, this sermon is not in any way for us to receive more money during offering, okay? It's not like I looked at the sum total of offering every Sunday. I'm like, all right, like we're not getting enough, so I got to preach this sermon. No, I'm, I'm purely going through Second Corinthians, and I think it's important to talk about generosity, so I, I, this goal, my goal for today, the goal of the sermon is for you guys to leave, okay, and think, feeling challenged, okay, feeling challenged, feeling like, man, I really need to examine my heart today, and feeling, okay, what is the current condition of my heart, all right? So those are the three things. That's my goal. As you guys go home, as you guys leave, I want you guys to feel challenged, I want you guys to examine your own hearts, and I want you guys to really think and look at the current condition of your heart. And you might, you might feel leaving, reflecting, and thinking a lot, because it's not like the Bible is asking you guys to give a certain amount of money to the church. But Paul makes it clear in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, he makes it clear. God delights in a generous giver. He, he, he cherishes those who give generously. And that might look different for every single one of you guys. Maybe giving generously for Sean, it can look like 50% of his income. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if you, if you really feel compelled to do that, hey, praise God. Maybe for some of you guys, it, it's, it's giving 10%. And that's really like the guideline. That's a good guideline for Christians, I believe, right? But maybe for some of you guys, you guys have been giving 5%. But maybe the Lord is asking you, hey, give 10%. Is there a cost in giving? And so um, I, I really want you guys to feel challenged. And so last week, Pastor Sang, if you guys don't remember, he preached on uh, being used by God, right? And what does it mean to be a man and a woman of integrity? What does it mean to have a good heart? And he said the heart is oftentimes defined as motivation. What does it mean to have a good motivation? And a lot of the things uh, that stood out to me that sermon was, I remember him saying, um, you know, do you want to be used by God? And I believe all of us want to be used by God in this world. And I'm sure being used by God for you guys may mean, okay, does that mean I have to be poor? Does that mean I have to, you know, I have to, I can't reach the six-figure level? Um, but, you know, and I'm sure a lot of you guys want to be used by God, but you also want to thrive financially, you also want to thrive financially. Why? Because you want to give uh, stability for your future family. And so I'm not saying that you guys need to be poor in order to be used by God. That's not, I'm not saying that. I know a lot of rich people who are being used by God. But I don't see that often. It's really hard to be rich. Not that I'm rich right now. Um, but I, I know a lot of rich people who are being used by God. For example, um, right before I was going to go to college, my parents had to close down the restaurant 
And we were struggling. And I, I was getting ready not to go to, uh, to, to Biola because, you know, as you guys know, it's really expensive. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go to community college for two years and maybe transfer, right? But um, my family and I got to meet uh, this person who owns a lot of properties in NorCal and SoCal and all around the place. And this, this, this person came to me and said, I want to support you all throughout Biola. This person was very rich. And I really respect this person. Because why? Because she really wanted to be used by God. And she was thriving financially. And she gave generously. You know, I wanted to be rich when I was in high school. And um, when I looked to my future, I was like, man, I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to make a lot of money. Um, and so I start looking at, okay, what kind of career is going to guarantee me a lot of money? So I started looking at all these courses and, 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 and um, people who, have, uh, you know, who are stable financially, and I, I started to look at what do they do. I was like, hey, maybe I want to do that. Um, so if I were to give you a short, condensed version of my testimony, it would be this. Uh, my path to becoming a pastor wasn't crazy at all. Okay? It's not like I was a drug dealer and I got busted and, and I was... You know, God called me to ministry. No, it was not like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I always wanted to be used by God. And he just called me to pastoral ministry. But looking at myself right now, I'm not rich. Okay, I'm, very, I'm not rich. Uh, and, um, you know, Pastor Hen and I, I mean, it's not like we're struggling. We're very thankful to be in this position, during, especially during COVID. Uh, we didn't really take a hit financially, but we're doing okay. We're doing well. Um, and I was like, man... As I preached, as I was preparing, God started to convict my heart. I, I, wanna, I want you to be more generous. I want you to be more generous. I want you to be more generous. I want you to give to those places where they're in need. So today we're going to talk about generosity, 2 Corinthians. And if you guys don't remember, the first uh, few chapters of 2 Corinthians was that Apostle Paul wrote this letter because many opposers came to Corinth and said, do you really trust this guy? Look at his resume. Okay? He's being stoned. He's, he, he's being shipwrecked. He's, he's going through all these tribulations. Do you really believe this guy? Do you want to follow after this guy who's... Look at his life, basically. right? And so Paul was very hurt. And he made, multiple, he made one visit back. And, then, um, and eventually he heard that, okay, you know, people are starting to come back to their senses. And so he wrote 2 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to actually skip chapters 4 through 7, but I want you guys to go back and read 4 through 7. Because 4 through 7, it, it, um, Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians and saying, hey, look at the cross. We don't have a cross up here, but <laughs> look at the cross. We're, we're, okay, yeah, the, 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 um, the po uh, yeah, podium. Uh, look at the cross. Because he says, it reveals, number one, it reveals God's salvation. Not only that, do you know what it reveals? Jesus died for our sins. So God's salvation. Number two, it also reveals God's character. How does it reveal God's character? Well, God's a, God's a God who is self-giving. He gave us one and only son. And so it leads to the well-being of others. And the last, Paul is saying, I'm going to model my life after the cross. I'm going to model my life in giving myself. Whether it's my life, my career, my ministry, my money. 
So I'm going to give myself and I exhort and challenge all of you guys to do the same. So that's really what chapters 4 through 7 is about. And we're going to now, we're, we're now, we, we're, we now arrived in chapters 8 and 9. And this is where he spends majority of his time talking about generosity. Paul spends a great deal talking and discussing and teaching about giving. What does it mean to give? Before we jump into the text, I'm, I want to, um, it's a little confession about myself. I realized that I'm not so generous. Especially when I marry Pastor Hannah, okay? Um, you guys know when you're playing basketball and like you're playing with like, you know, like middle school kids? Like you're good, okay? Like <laughs> you're good. But when you start playing with like college, like D1, D3 players, it's like you're nothing, right? <laughs> you, you really, it, and it's kind of like in the same way. When I marry Pastor Hannah, she's a very generous person. And I started to reflect in my heart on like, I'm not generous at all. I'm really not generous at all. Um, and long story short, when Pastor Hannah and I got married, uh, we, we were, for a little bit, we didn't combine our income. And that's because of my pride. I was like, you know what? Whatever you make, I want you to spend money on what, you know, with, with the money you make. Whatever money I make, I'm going to spend, you know, because, because I felt like, I felt like I wasn't making enough, right? And we went to a marriage counselor, and I, I always get rebuked, okay? Like, this, this counselor always wants to see me after. <laughs> Not Hannah, I want to see you next week, right? I'm like, oh gosh, okay, here we go. Um, and, and he started to say, Whose money is it? Whose money? And he said, it's God's money. It's not your money. It's not her money, but it's God's money. What does it mean to be one in a marriage? You guys are supposed to combine God's money, income, right? And so, you know, after I got rebuked, I was like, all right, let's combine incomes, right? And, um, and now that we're married, we're really having to think about how do we wisely use our money? We, um, I have like an Excel spreadsheet of, okay, how, how much money is going to go into our cars, insurance, rent, um, utilities, and blah, blah, blah. There's so much, right? And one thing we can't forget to do is have a pool of money for offering and have a pool of money to just a gift to mission organization or whoever's in need. Or during the summer, maybe some of you guys want to go on missions and, you know, that we have a pool of money where we give to, to our students. And, um, and so men, okay, boys, guys, not boys, guys, find a woman who challenges you, okay, like um, who challenges you to be more generous. And ever since I got married, I'm, I'm, I'm having to really reflect in my heart. Am I a generous person? Before I married, not really. And after I got married, I'm, I'm, I'm really having to be, right? And hopefully in, in some way, this, the Word of God will challenge you to be more generous today. Not just today, but for the rest of your lives. Because if you don't practice how to be generous right now, do you guys think it'll be easy for you guys to be generous later on? It's not, it's not so easy, right? And so we need to really come before God and say, God, I want to be generous, 
All right, let's go into the text. Chapter 8, verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV version. Um, okay. Chapter one, uh, 8, verse 1. It says this. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Okay, I'm going to read that again. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. I know it's only one verse, but there's a lot to unpack here. He says, brothers and sisters, have you guys ever had somebody who stabbed you in the back and just kind of turned their backs against you? You know, this is very painful as a leader. Maybe some students have gone and said, Pastor Chris is, you know, he's, uh, he's not a very good pastor, and so they left the church. Um, maybe they just didn't get on my good side, and I mean, it's not entirely their fault, but maybe there are some times where I've been just, you know, harsh as a leader. And, but in Paul's case, people left him. People turned away from his teachings. After um, building a good reputation, not that he wanted reputation, but 1 Corinthians, he really said, hey, turn away from your idols and turn to God. It's almost like his, 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 his sheep, but his sheep have been swayed by the teachings of other people. And now, Paul wants to reconcile his relationship with them. It's not really Paul's fault, either. And Paul says, brothers and sisters. Meaning, I want to be in a good relationship with you guys. So what does it say? And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. We want you to know about what? About the grace. About the grace that, grace that pertains to salvation. Yes, that as well, but... Grace that pertains to, I believe in this context, money. Generosity. The grace of generosity. A little history, a background in Macedonian churches. Churches around Macedonia, uh, there were Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. They were very wealthy, very rich. But one day, one time, in one era, um, the Romans came and, and, and stole all their possessions of gold and silver mines, and they were left with nothing. Why is it called grace? Because God in the beginning, He gave the grace of money, generosity. Saying, the churches in Thessalonica, Philippi, Berea, they're going to be wealthy. And this is my grace to you. So, I want you guys to think. The fact that you guys have a roof over your heads, to place to sleep at night, place to eat, or uh, yeah, place to eat, or things to eat, Money to put in gas, money to dry, uh, lease your car. It's all a grace. Grace from God. Grace also pertains to salvation, yes. But grace is also pertaining to um, money. So verse 2 says this. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. If you guys read this carefully, it doesn't really add up. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I like what the ESV version says in the beginning. It says, for in a severe test of affliction. A test is kind of like a testing, right? A testing of proof. 
testing of metal, trial, pressure. During pressure, during trial, during the, the, the pressure in making the diamond and the iron and the, and the silver, right? The testing. During these times, what did they have? They had two things. One, overflowing joy. And number two, poverty. What did that equal to? Generosity. Just like other passages, it's easy to just kind of read past this and not think much about it. But this is very hard to do. When you are in extreme poverty, not that we're experiencing this right now, we're very wealthy. You go to missions, you go to uh, third world countries, and you get to realize, man, America, we're living in a comfortable world. We have a lot of money. We're doing okay. But think about those people. What results in them being generous? It's the heart. It's the joy. Joy. I think it was, uh, I think it was Isaiah during morning Bible reading. He said, happiness versus joy. Happiness really relies on the circumstances, but joy comes from the heart. Joy. Their hearts compel them to give. Not the depth of their money in their pockets, but it was the depth of their love for God. That gave him the heart to give. You know, I'm assuming that none of us have ever lived in poverty. Maybe we have. Maybe your parents were really poor. But you know, I think a lot of us in college have experienced what it means not to have money, right? Scrambling for coupons. Scrambling for deals. Uh, in college, we always used to go to um, Jack in the Box, the... I forgot what it's called, the late night deal. Mun- <laughs> the munchie meal. The munchie meal box, right? My friends and I was split $3 each. We, we, ate, we ate good, right? And we used to go to 7-Eleven and, and get those dollar and, dollar and 50 cents hot dog. And man, you know, but the moment when you open up your bank account, it's like, when am I ever going to cross that $99.99, right? How am, I, am I ever, ever going to get to the $100, right? Um, is it easy to give during that time? We're not in poverty. Is it easy to give? It's not very easy to give. But these people, they were in extreme poverty. And they said, it welled up in generosity. Because what? Because of joy. You know what this text reminds me of? Mark 12, 41. Um, the 42, verse 44. A poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins. Worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more in it into treasury than all the others. They all gave out their wealth, but she out of poverty put in everything. All she had to live on. It's not about the money. It's not about the how much, but it's about the heart. Let's go to verse 3, chapter 8, verse 3. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Verse 4, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing the service to the Lord's people. I'll stop there. They gave entirely on their own. Paul never pressured them. Paul never said, are you giving 20%? Let me see your income. 
All right, good. 20%. What about next? What about you? 10%? Give a little more next time. Paul doesn't do this. You see, in order to understand these few verses that come after uh, verse 3 and 4, we need to understand tithing. Just by show of hands, I'm going to ask you guys. Are Christians required to tithe? How many of you guys believe that they need to tithe? If you guys don't know what tithing is, it's 10% of their income. This is a question that I really wrestled with. And I even asked my friends, are Christians required to tithe? We had great conversations. I think this can be another Bible study session, and I think it's really fun to dive into. But long story short, the idea of tithing came from the Mosaic Law. Specifically from Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 through 32. Quickly going to read this for you guys. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever will redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value to it. Every tithe of the herd or flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. So the Mosaic law makes it clear, if you give a tenth of whatever you have, it's holy to the Lord. You know, some people argue, okay, there was, there was three uh, ways you can divide it. So in a way, it's about 20 to 30 percent. Um, but other scholars, they kind of add this up and say, no, you know what, as long as they give a tenth of their total, um, you know, in this case, land, animal, or whatever they have, it's okay, it's holy to the Lord. However... We are no longer the Mosaic Law anymore. Remember what we read in chapter 3. What does it say? The letter kills for the Spirit, but the Spirit gives life. We're in the New Covenant. We're not in the Mosaic Law anymore. You know, in the New Testament, there's, about, there's not a lot of places where tithe, the idea of tithing comes out. You know, there's one in Matthew, Luke, and, and Hebrews. Um, and, and, but it's not really big in the New Testament, the idea of tithing. So what does this mean for us? I'm going to qu- phrase the question in this way. Does this mean that we don't have to give offering? Absolutely not. Does this mean that we don't have to give 10%? Well, like I said in the beginning, I think 10% is a good guideline for Christians. Maybe they're baby Christians. Maybe they're confused. Do I give? How much do I give? They can start off with 10%. To be honest with you guys, we, we, we do tithing. We do tithe. Because I believe that it's a good guideline for us. And I believe that the money that we give to the church, it will help. I believe that the 10%, we're not giving it religiously, but we're saying, God, take this 10%. We're not going to tell you guys how much, but take this 10%. And let it be used for your kingdom. We give with an intent of it expanding the kingdom. You know, um, when I was younger, in college, I think about 2013-ish, 2014, I think, I I got a job. And it was a pretty good, well-paying job. All I had to do was package some stuff. Um, do you guys know NBC, like the Korean Pangsong, like the channel, NBC? They used to have like home shopping um, channels. And then my job was to get all the orders, ship it out. So I got paid pretty well back in 2014. The minimum wage, you guys know, in 2014 was $9 an hour. 
minimum wage. Um, but I got paid $12 an hour, right? And so I started to get making a lot of good money when I was in college. And, um, and this was, and, and I was like, man, I really need this money because my parents were struggling and my dad was sick. Um, and my, my mom was like, I, I brought my first paycheck. I thought it was like, I don't know, a thousand something. And I was like, mom, look at this. I got a paycheck. <laughs> she was like, give it all to the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> all of it? Are you serious? Not even 10%? She was like, well, you know, um, what, what, what's in your heart? And I started to reflect, man. I was like, God gave me this job. It couldn't happen more timely. My dad was sick. My parents were in so much in need of financial help. I didn't want to ask my parents for money. And I was like, man, God, you gave me this job. Have it all. First t- paycheck, have it all. And yes, my mom, you know, asked me, do you want to give it to the Lord? But at the end, it was my decision. It was about my heart. Do I want to give? And in this way, for the churches around Macedonia, Macedonia, Philippi, Berea, Thessalonica, these churches, they gave entirely on their own. Paul never pressured him. So in the same way, I can't stand up here and say, all right, Chongsu, do you give 10%? You don't have to answer. <laughs> um, you know, Isaiah, why are you only giving 5%? You know, I, I, I can't stand up here and say that. But it's between you and God. Do you see this? It's between you and God. Do you have the heart to give? Is God putting in your heart to give 10%? Great. 5%? Hey, Great. It's not a, Pastor Hannah, uh, while we were talking about the sermon, she's like, ooh, 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 I got a quote, I got a quote. <laughs> it's not about the depth of your pocket, but it's about your depth of your life. Right? So I put it in there. <laughs> no, but I think that's very true. It's not about how much money you have. It's about the depth of your love for God. Verse 7, it says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this giving, grace of giving. So everything's okay. You know, you guys are doing perfectly fine. I'm impressed. But I want to see it excel in, in, in the grace of giving. I'm in verse 8, it says this. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Earnestness of others. Since we're in the context of money, um, you know, this, I believe this, he's not just talking about love, compassion, forgiveness, gen- uh, grace, He's talking about generosity. I want to test your sincerity of your love of giving by comparing with the earnestness of your others. Do you have a heart for others? Um, I'm, I'm going to slowly kind of land the plane here. But some of you guys are saying, okay, I get that the Bible says that we need to be generous, but why? Some of you guys may be wondering, okay, where does really my money go to? 
You know, there, there are many answers that I can give you. You know, this building in which we have worship, your money's going to this. This is not our building. This is the after school's building. And we rent it out. Just be completely transparent with you guys. This is not under the name of our church. But we rent this place. Um, equipment, sound equipment. The fact that I get to preach without having to shout. And the fact that we have YouTube, people who are not comfortable with coming out yet, they're able to have service. Your money's going to this. How about when we eat? Fellowship? Yes, your money's going to this. So, I mean, I'm not going to give a list of, okay, Isaiah's money's going to this, Brando's money's going to this, Kelly's money's going to this. No. As we have a one, one pool of money, your money is going towards the kingdom. And people hearing the gospel. And here's a biblical answer that we can't really object against. Giving generously is what the gospel means. Let's go to verse 9. Okay, verse 9 is key. Highlight it, underline it, whatever you guys want to do. Verse, chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through this poverty, his poverty might become rich. This is the idea of giving. This is our foundation of giving. This is our basis of giving. Look to the cross and be compelled and convicted to give. Jesus gave his life so that you might become rich. You know, salvation, the story of salvation isn't money. But this is where we get the idea from. This is where we get the concept from. So that other people might become rich financially? No. Rich in salvation. Rich in their relationship with God. This is why a couple Sundays ago, when we're talking about generosity, okay, you know what? I'm going to gather a few people, keep them accountable. Are you saving maybe $5 a, a week, just not drinking coffee one time throughout the week? Save that money. Let's go out and give to the poor so that they might become rich, hopefully through hearing the gospel. It's the same attitude, principle, idea, concept. This is what the gospel is. Jesus gave his life for us. You know, I'm not saying, um, in no way, I'm, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. I'm not saying, give me your money. Because the moment I have your money, good things are going to happen in your life. That's not the way I'm preaching, nor is it the way anybody should preach the gospel. Paul never pressured his people, I'm not going to pressure you to give a certain amount. But what I'm going to ask you to do is this. Challenge yourself. Look at your heart. When you give that whatever blank amount, are you really giving with the intention of, God, use my money for the kingdom? Or are you doing it religiously? When you give maybe uh, a certain amount of money, can you in reality give a little more? That there's a cost. What is it? Is there the right mindset and the motivation of giving? So like I said, guys, this might kind of put you in an uncomfortable position. 
okay, I'm really having to think about my, 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 my motivation and intention of giving. Maybe the amount of giving. Do you guys have the right attitude? 10%, do you guys feel like it's going to waste? Do you guys feel like, okay, 5%, maybe I can bump it up to 10% a little bit. As Christians, we need to start aligning our hearts with God's. And what do I mean by that? We value love because why? Because God is love. We value justice because why? Because God, our God is a God of just. We value forgiveness. Why? Because God is a God of forgiveness. We value compassion. And when, when we see online uh, people giving, we, we, we get happy. We commend them for that. Why? Because God gave. We're made in the image of God. So we get happy when we see justice. Uh, is served, and we, we get happy when 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 people are feeding the homeless people. Why? Because that we're made in the image of God. Same thing with generosity. We give because our God is a God of gener- generosity. I'm going to end with this uh, verse, chapter nine, verse seven. Chapter nine, verse seven. It says this: Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. The Bible says, the Bible says, guys, don't give reluctantly. Don't give under compulsion. Don't give just because I'm asking you guys to give 10%. No, give because you're a cheerful giver. And God will delight in your hearts. God will cherish that. And so God loves a cheerful giver. Today, I want to ask you guys, are you a cheerful giver? Praise team, you guys can come up. Are you guys a cheerful giver? Do you give because you love? Do you give because you want to support the ministry? Do you give because you really want to uh, support the pastor and the leader who um, spend their weeks preparing the word of God so that you guys may be fed spiritually? Not, I, you know, I, I'm not asking for money. I'm really not. But I'm just saying that because um, in the pool of money that we receive from people, it also goes to the pastors. Pastor Sang, pa- me, Pastor Daniel, and all the other leaders. God loves a cheerful giver. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to um, pray a little bit. Um, you know, I don't want you guys to, um, you know, I don't think this is a sermon that will make you guys like, oh, like cry, you know, like, Lord, I'm such a sinner, you know, but no, it's, a, it's a really time to think, to reflect. Ask yourself, am I giving because am I, am I giving out of because I'm a cheerful giver? Or am I, have I been giving religiously? You know, this is not just this Sunday, but this is a Sunday. This, is, this message needs to be applied the rest of your lives. Even for me, maybe Pastor Hen and I, we have to think about should we bump it up from 10% to 15%? Are we giving? You know, oftentimes I think about 
Okay, Pastor Hannah, how, how can we save more for our future children? What about in, in times of emergency? Do we need money? Yes, we do. Every month, just to be transparent without saying the amount, we do have some money left over to save. And the first thought that goes into my mind is, how much are we saving? flip that question to how much can I give how much can we give to the mission organization to the homeless to people who are in need during these tough times and yes there are multiple times where we have to think about should we give because some people have been affected by COVID and when I pray and when I give and when we talk that money is not going to waste God shows grace over me for me to be a cheerful giver. Take it because we want to give. Not because, uh, all right, you know. So let's ask God, God, am I a cheerful giver? Convict my heart, challenge my heart to give more. So let's pray. Let's first pray, God, let's reflect in our hearts. Do I give because it's a religious thing to do? You know, I'd rather have you guys give 5% from a generous heart rather than a 10% out of a religious heart. I don't want you guys to tithe religiously, but I want you guys to tithe, maybe not even tithe, but 5% because you want to give. That's your heart. So can we pray right now? This is a time where you guys need to reflect in your hearts and we need to reflect. Let's take some time to examine and diagnose the condition of our hearts right now. I don't want you guys to feel guilty, but take it to the Lord and say, God, can I give more? So let's take some time to reflect. generous heart, a generous giver, a cheerful giver, because Father, we're made in the image.